0: So welcome everyone to another episode of the EQ Elevator podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Mark. Mark and I met actually in in an interesting way already two years ago, I think. It was the United Nations International Day uh, for the UN uh, Sustainable Development Goals. And one of them was related to cyber and uh, online safety. So we were part of a panel and uh, Mark's intervention really touched me because he was at that time also working for an organization that was dealing with cybercrime support. So I invited him to speak today about the challenge many people as individuals face, many businesses as organizations face, and we face a society that is online fraud. How do we stop being scammed or reduced the risk of being scammed online. So with that introduction, Mark, please introduce yourself, what you're doing now and share the audience, what, what drives you in this work.
1: Sure. My name is Mark Bachelor. I'm currently the senior director of programs and outreach with the Better Business Bureau's Institute for Marketplace Trust. So here in the United States, we're the educational foundation for the national Better Business Bureau. And our mission is to educate and protect consumers and to establish best practices for businesses and consumers to build that trust. And one of the ways we do that is by doing research on and educating consumers about cybercrime and scams and fraud in general, because that's a big thing that can cause discord between a consumer and a and business. But I've been with them for over a year now, like now you said, but two years since I was with my last organization, where I also worked with cybercrime victims, which is interesting because I my journey is probably untraditional compared to some of your guests. I came up through nonprofit in human services. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten to work with people in all stages of their lives, their happiest moments, their stratus moments, difficulties, financial stability issues. And at one point I worked at a two one one, which here in America is a hotline you call for social services. So if you're feeling depressed or if you can't pay your bills or you're food insecure, you call the number and they give you resources. And so I got to learn about victims and, and people in, in bad places in their lives. And I didn't notice until later when I was working with cybercrime victims that a lot of those stories were related to scams. People would say, oh, somebody took this money from me or I fell for this and now I don't have any money now to pay my rent or I'm out of the home. So I really am able to see that connection between cybercrime, not just the financial loss, but the emotional loss and the mental health loss and time lost that some people go through with this.
0: Thank you for sharing. And one of the things I remember vividly, actually, what you shared during our panel is that often we, uh, as a first reaction, we judge people, but we forget that they are a victim too. I think it's uh, one of the challenges, and I'd love to hear your opinion about it, is our insights, is when we are a victim in person, the psychological effect is much more visible, but now it's online. Now it's in the cyberspace. So I would love for you to perhaps talk a little bit more about your journey. You already touched upon it in, in the human-centric, which I think is so important in the work that, that you do also with businesses to understand that these are people we're talking about, not AI robots, and have anti-fraud Preventions from that perspective, but how do you navigate this journey and why is this psychological aspect, the emotional aspect, key in prevention and educational strategies to stop being scammed?
1: I think conversations like this really help break that stigma of a victim being somebody frail or gullible or ignorant about something because they're not. What the cybercrime crime victim is a crime victim. And so we used to talk about cybercrime in terms of dollars lost. You, when you see statistics, it's like X billions of dollars lost from cybercrime each year. Uh, but each one of those dollars has a person attached to it. And so it, it hits people different ways. Some people have a little bit more money to lose than others. And when they don't have that money to lose, that can cause a domino effect that impacts their mental health, their emotional well-being their ability to sustain themselves and their family. And it affects how they perceive themselves. And they start thinking like they're a victim and they're not worthy of, they were silly to be scammed. And that's not the truth. We did some research here called, on something called the uh, vulnerability illusion. The illusion that when you're stronger, maybe than other people. And this couldn't happen to me because I'm smarter than people who fall for scams. And when you do that, you're leaving yourself open, ironically, to fall for scans. And it's the victims have that they start to see themselves as a little bit ignorant or or gullible when they shouldn't be. And then there's the people who haven't fallen for it. They take on either uh, a pitying attitude towards these people or a scorn attitude towards these people. When in reality, uh, we're all vulnerable, and we need to use a little bit of empathy in order to move the ball along and not only help people, but help ourselves avoid these scams.
0: I also got scammed. I'll talk about it another time. No. Uh, and I was someone, not necessarily that I didn't think I could fall for it, but I was like, oh, this is not easily going to happen to me because, but when you are going through a tough time, a challenging time, and you feel a bit lost, it's very easy is what they're looking for and to scam you. And I actually, I'm very glad you mentioned it because I had the victim, like I didn't share it with anyone because I felt silly. How could I fall for a a fraud like that? So it was a bit traumatizing. I got over it and I just moved forward, but I think we cannot underestimate that it can happen to anyone. And when it does happen, it doesn't only have a financial cost, it has a psychological cost, which is important for businesses because it impacts people's productivity, performance, and how they show up at work. So uh, having uh, said that, what are some of the ways in your opinion, when you mentioned empathy, which is so important to not only be sensitive to some people's emotional needs, but we can also use it to understand uh, scammers' motivations and empower us empathy towards ourselves and empower ourselves. In order to reduce the risk. So, in your own line of work and experience, what are some of the ways or strategies that you've helped people prevent or at least reduce the risk of being scams?
1: I'm lucky that in our organization, we do a lot of public awareness, a lot of education, not just the reports we publish, the scam tracker report and exposed to scams, but we do public awareness programs with some of our partners. And that's key because of them. We have what's called the annual risk report we put out, and it's based on data reported to us through BBB Scam Tracker, people who have been impacted by scams and and reported to us. Uh, And we find that the majority of people who have avoided losing money to scams were educated uh, about the scams ahead of time. So they knew what scam was, or they've heard about it before, or they've heard an education campaign about that type of scam. And that's really important. Uh, The majority of people actually went with their gut and they just felt that something wasn't right. And maybe that's speaking to the emotional intelligence. It's not working off the knee-jerk reaction or the the emotional reflex, but it's stopping and thinking about something and considering it and then pulling away. Uh, So that's really important. Key is education on this stuff, just getting the information out there and letting people know and for employers, training their employees about these issues, about what way scammers are trying to influence them or break in to avoid that human error element of small business compromise
0: yeah it's interesting i just, literally this, today someone posted an article about uh, it was specifically related to how women should be in cybersecurity which i fully agree we should have more women in cybersecurity but one of the arguments was made is because they are better than men at threat detection To which I argued that this may be a generalistic statement because our intuition is something that is not necessarily gender-based, but more rather than how we grow up, our cultural influences, people who are overly self-reliant are much better at scanning their environment, their perception. So I think it's what I also understand from you, anyone can go back to basics and use their what I call spidey senses, right? Yeah, right understand when something feels off or feels wrong. And do you have a specific like a success story of, you mentioned that many people uh, didn't fall for scam when they uh, watched your public campaigns? Do you have a, a specific example of in your line of work, whether it's your current or previous job,
1: so yeah, people can relate? I, I, I can relate because uh, I look through the scam reports that come in from time to yeah. time. Uh, and I see the stories that people tell about how they've been impacted. but I also we also get feedback from people who say, "I researched this on your platform." and I saw that it was fishy. I saw that something happened to somebody else, and I didn't go for it, And I didn't move forward. And we love that. We love to hear that that the scam tracker is not just a reporting tool, but a prevention tool. And more personally, I guess in my line of work, my, my family reaches out to me a little bit more often when they are suspicious. So they'll say, hey, this happens to me. This looks like a scam. And I'll have to say, yes, yeah, this is it. So they backed away. And that makes me feel even better because I don't want you know, somebody I love to be fond for something suspicious.
0: Like you just mentioned, there is so important. People just need to have people around them. Whereas sometimes we are so overloaded with information just to have a double check. Hey, does this sound okay to you, or does this sound, you know, and then you can have a second uh, pair of eyes. I was losing my yeah. track of English, you but know. yes. But, but so when I listen to you, it's actually a very optimistic message. And I don't know if you can share a little bit about the online fraud threat landscape, because when we look at the news, there's a lot of statistics thrown around and how much it costs and it's just increasing and increasing. But I think that there's so many organizations like like you and efforts going on to prevent and reduce. So is there a downgoing trend? Are people more educated and careful? Uh, perhaps you could speak only to the uh, USA, but also on the global trend. I don't know what your view or insights are on the trend in fraud.
1: Sure. Most of our research and data comes from consumers that report to our platform, but there's a lot of them. So we do have some really good data. And what we found last year, that online purchases by far were the most risky for consumers. And we determined that by what's called the risk index, their exposure to a scam, their susceptibility to fall for it, and then how much they lost. Um, So online scams stayed way on top of that. And this year, we saw employment scams come back pretty well. Uh, They might not have as much susceptibility, but when they do, they have a larger dollar loss. Um, so people who are falling for this, they're already in the unfortunate position of maybe being out of work, and now they're losing money on top of that. So that's something we took seriously and we highlighted in our last report. We also saw cryptocurrency making a, yeah. making a big stand because this is something that has buzz and people get excited about it, but not everybody really understands it. Even if some people think they do, they may not. And it's that temptation that get rich quick and feeling that people go for So we've seen that out of the the online purchase scams. Most of the people reported losing money uh, through that means. The highest losses came from things like home improvement scams, uh, employment scams, and investment scams. Um, So they're less prevalent, perhaps, but higher gain for the people who are scamming. And we find one where the most likely to lose Money is from the carrot method, the carrot and the stick, the carrot being an attractive offer or somebody being kind and and being ingratiating versus the stick, which is a scam that relies on fear. More people fall for the carrot way um, because maybe they're more trusting when we're online, maybe we're more open to people who we don't know. But interestingly, more people lose more money through the stick method, perhaps that, that fear of missing out or that fear of getting in trouble. So they're podiuming yeah. up a little bit more money.
0: Yeah. It's a very interesting that you highlight that because it's there, there's a logical explanation in senses when we use, I, I think social engineering and non-ethical scammers are very skilled at when lowering people's defense mechanism, mechanism creating these hormones for more trust. And when we like someone, it happens to all of us, I'm teaching this to, to my boy that when he wants something and he doesn't get it, he turns very aggressive, but I'm like I'm not reacting to that because I'm you know teaching emotional resilience and to be careful. And the same thing with fear. So when we I feel strongly about something, we feel the fear and that will override perhaps some of our rational decision making. And so thank you for highlighting that. And in your line of work, have you come across some, very common techniques that scammers are for use in, speci- perhaps in, in these areas as well, And people can become aware of, or can they look it up in your platform and educate themselves more to, to further reduce the risk?
1: Sure. One of the things that they use a lot, we'll say online shopping scams, because that's very prevalent here. They use attractive offers, things that seem too good to be true, mm. or merchandise that may be hard to get. We saw that a lot during the pandemic because people were were trying to get, whether it's bath tissue or medicines or whatever, to find that advertised, not only available, but at a great price, you have to stop and, and check out the seller and make sure that it's there. So they work on that. They work on building themselves up as your authority. We see that a lot here in government scams, tending to be from our social security office or from our Medicaid office and saying, we're a government official and we're asking you for this information. Some people may be a little more trusting of that, especially if they're conditioned and they they grew up being more trusting or likely to follow the rules. <laughs> we call that mental frames. So these are ways that people are are getting in there and, and or, or organizations, these are big criminal organizations who are getting in there and really preying on us. But there's also that fear of missing out. We see that with the investment scan, the crypto. Everybody's getting on board with this. Why aren't you and do it now? And making you do that emotional. Jolt that emotional reaction of I don't want to miss this or I don't want to get in trouble and that's where that emotional resilience that you talk about comes in it's yeah. being able to not let that absorb you take that moment like I said to step back and think about it and find out if that makes sense or do your research or call the number on your credit card instead of the number they give you over the phone things like that
0: yeah it's about actually being grounded to not react so fast to go back into the state of calmness, I think that uh, meditation can help a lot in uh, preventing online fraud because it calms down our stress response uh, in the moment. But it would be interesting to know whether you see a difference in the demographics in terms of age, whether younger people are more susceptible to falling for especially crypto uh, scam because we follow the trend. Uh, but then you also have the more elderly when it comes to pension fraud, which is another uh, challenge as well in fraud. I don't know if you have any insights about that.
1: We do. We do. It used to be the assumption that older adults were the most vulnerable and they were being targeted more and losing more money. But we saw last year, that 18 to 24 year old actually had a higher median loss than other groups, about $220 median loss. A lot of that is things like crypto that are new and and fancy. Some of it may be attributed to the way uh, scammers are getting to them. We're seeing text messaging a little bit more popular now and social media scams. And younger people are, are more likely perhaps to be on those platforms. So there's all kinds of reasons. But we did see that change. It's not just the older adults. And when it comes to the older adults, I want to say it's not that that frailty and that they're so um, vulnerable. Some may be in those positions where they don't have a support system around them um, or computer savvy. But there are a lot of older adults here in, in the United States that um, have a second vacation home or have a good savings or retirement, um, and that's attractive to scammers. We have to broaden our, the way we think about these groups And to think about how they're going to be targeted and and what methods are going to be used.
0: Interesting you mentioned it. It's also probably, I I think of uh, the big celebrities or I don't know how you, there's a term for it in English. A person has a lot of wealth and they even have people managing their digital security wealth because they are highly attractive. Thank you for sharing that. A lot of times I think we hear when people get scammed is like, why should I report that nothing will happen? What is your views uh, on that? Because I think it's it's important to report for yeah. obvious purposes. And I'd love for you to talk about that uh, today.
1: Reporting is so important for a few reasons. One, it may be the fact that you can't get your money back, or it was a scam email that you deleted and didn't think about again. But there, like I mentioned on Scam Tracker, where people found similar stories to theirs, by reporting it, you can help others. You can add to the pool of stories out there that people can draw upon and learn more and educate themselves to protect themselves in the future. What it also does is help lawmakers and law enforcement and other people who are out there fighting scams see what the trends are and understand where the particular types of scams may be focused around or, or what groups they may be focused around so they can better respond. So when we talk about, is there a government response to these types scams? they can take that information and be better informed to make those laws that they need to to cover this. And and lastly is empowering, right? You you don't want to feel like the victim all the time. When you're first hearing something like that, I, I've been a, a victim of fraud too. And you feel violated and you feel down and angry. By reporting that, by getting that story out, sharing it with somebody, it empowers you a little bit and makes you feel a little bit better. It may not get everything back for you. But if you can get a little bit of peace of mind back, I think that's powerful.
0: Yeah. I thank you for sharing that because I remember when I reported the fraud and I gave so much information, I felt a bit bad, but I felt empowered. And then I'm like, with all this knowledge that I have, how could I have fallen? But I think here's where the emotional aspect comes in and we should not beat ourselves up about it because we forget. That when we are in our emotions and they're highly skilled in building some of them, it depends on what kind of scam it is, to build that trust and depending on your own mood, you don't see the thing. You see the world, not necessarily as it is, but as who you are, right? And mood influences. So obviously when you look hindsight, you say, of course, how how could I have acted this way? But it's... Your judgment was clouded by emotion. And I think this is what life is all about. It's experience. So we correct course for the future. It happens. And I think it's accepting it, acknowledging it, working through it, and then moving forward with more wisdom. And when we overcome the, someone said this, when we overcome the emotion of the experience, it turns into wisdom. And then it doesn't make us feel so vulnerable. I think you you shared already a lot on how people can uh, prevent being scared, both in terms of educating themselves, but also in terms of having a more mindful uh, approach, reflect, pause and reflect. Are there, uh, in your current work or in your previous work, are there any other strategies you would like to uh, share with the audience that can uh, help from a more psychological perspective or an emotional uh, perspective? Or human perspective. Let me say it this way: yeah, <laughs> all those three things.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> I I would say it's great to be trusting and optimistic. That's what makes people great. We like those traits. But when it comes to offers, when it comes to, to potential scams, it's okay to put up that wall and question, like you said, pause and reflect, because that deal may not be the right thing, or that phone call you got from the boss. Maybe a phony um, trying to get you to give up business information. Yeah, I, I'd say a little bit of skepticism is, is a good thing sometimes. It, it, it's not bad. We find that people who were a little more skeptical um, did lose less money or less likely to engage with a scammer or potential fraudster. Um, so that's good. Other things you can do, don't click on things that you don't know unfamiliar email, unfamiliar text, this is basic cyber hygiene stuff, but if you're not expecting the text, don't click on it because it may be malware. It, update your systems, always. There's a reason that little red light is on your phone saying update, don't hit later, just update it because it's usually security related yeah. and that means the scammer knows how to get around what's going on. So do things like that, those basic things, maybe use a password manager or a VPN. That actually
0: password manager has changed my life. I have a password manager. It doesn't cost much. It increases my focus because I don't have to remember my passwords. They are uh, secured. What, what's interesting is when you said don't click links, I totally agree. I think when you ha- are clicking links, you can go to the dashboard. A lot of mm-hmm. subscriptions by a dashboard. But I was going to say, except when they're from Nadia el because I invited <laughs> you also to a video that I sent through a link. And, but it's interesting because I think it's really finding a the balance. There are a lot of people who are doing email outreach, for example, and people—it's hard, right? Because hey, I reach out through email, and I think in LinkedIn it's easier because you see it's me, and then it has a thumbnail with my mouth open because it hit—it made the thumbnail when I was saying something, trying to be funny. But uh, it's a lot of people don't actually click on it. It's really that the fear of of clicking. So it's hard, it's not easy to be creative uh, in keeping that human touch and not clicking. So I think coming back to basics and really trusting our gut instinct as well and being in a good mind state of mind to notice the indifferences can already go a long way, as you said. Um, We've come to the end, uh, Mark. This was fascinating and I think very useful for a, a lot of people in not complicated but practical steps in protecting ourselves uh, against online fraud and scam. I loved how you also shared the, uh, especially because you're experienced in this from your work, the human element. Let us not forget that we are human. We make mistakes, whether we think we are untouchable or not, we make mistakes. So how can we use the lessons and help others as well to not fall for it? Is there anything, I mean, to close out, is there anything you want to leave with the audience? And also how can people find you online with or without clicking on the link and and learn more also about the amazing work you do in the platform to to educate themselves and take use of, of the work that you do, the important work that you do.
1: I, I would just say to people just keep absorbing information. There's a lot of good information about cyber safety out there, about fraud safety. Read about it, learn it sometimes unless it's very bite-sized, so it's easy to digest. And it's going to help you in the long run. Uh, I'm with the Better Business Bureau Institute for Marketplace Trust. You can read our risk report, our 2022 risk report on there now, mm-hmm. along with some other research that we did. And I am only available through LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn through my name and, and organization. I don't have a social media presence.
0: But you have a peace of mind because you don't have a social media presence. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you. I will make sure I, I link that information in the podcast description below. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and experiences and how people can protect themselves. Uh, it's not as daunting as it may seem. It's not as scary as it may seem. And we stay practical and and alert. So yeah, thank, thank you. For, so much. Thank you for sharing sharing the story. Thank you for everyone who tuned in. I look forward to our next, to publishing this episode first and then to our next episode. Thank you for tuning into the EQ Emotional Intelligence Elevator podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the world of emotional intelligence. To learn more about Thrive with EQ and Nadia's mission to build stronger, more resilient workplaces through higher levels of emotional intelligence, Visit our website at thrivewitheq.com. You'll find a plethora of EQ leadership resources, tools, and services to help you and your organization thrive. Thank you again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and colleagues. As always, keep thriving with EQ.